The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. You've entered the realm of 1111 Talk Radio. Your host is Simran Singh. It's time to discover your own language with the universe. Learn to empower yourself, broaden your mind, open your heart, and discover who you are. Now, here's your host, Simran Singh. Welcome to a deeper exploration of you and a way, a path to greater aliveness. The grand pronouncement from the ancient Vedas, Thou art that, or also known as I am that I am, means the self in its original, pure, primordial state is one with the cosmos, all there is. The I that is changeless exists in a timeless dimension, alpha and omega. The I am that has no dependence on external influence for fulfillment has true freedom and no need to control, manage, or manipulate others to feel safe and secure. I am not the thought I am thinking. I am not the emotion I am feeling. I am not the sensation in my body. Because I am not my thoughts, my emotions, or my body, I am untouched, unaffected, and independent from the drama I call my life. Self-awareness is, and it begins with the mirror, observed through the witness, integrated through Swadhyaya. My guest today is Yogi Amrit Desai, and this is from his book, The Yoga of Relationships. A Practical Guide for Loving Yourself and Others. In this groundbreaking book on relationships, world-renowned yoga master Yogi Amritdesai melds ancient wisdom with modern practicality as he offers piercing insight into the nature of relationships, then shows how they can be a path to spiritual and worldly fulfillment. What Yogi Desai teaches is not a philosophy, but a system that transforms the philosophy of yoga into an experiential reality that transforms body, mind, heart, and soul. Yogi Desai is recognized as one of the pioneers of the authentic teachings of yoga in the West. He's the founder of Kripalu Center of Yoga and Health, the largest in the U.S., and the creator of Kripalu Yoga. Today, he oversees the Amrit Yoga Institute in Salt Springs, Florida, with its many affiliate branches and teachers in North America and Europe. He travels extensively giving talks and workshops and is the author of numerous books. And for more information, you can go to his website at amrityoga.org. That's A-M-R-I-T-Y-O-U-G-A.org. I'd like to welcome Yogi Desai to 1111 Talk Radio. Welcome. Thank you, Simran Singh. It is so nice to be with you. This is a fabulous book. It is very in line with my philosophies, and I have written a bit about this mirror of relationship that we have in my own book, Conversations with the Universe. But you go so deeply into it and so beautifully and poetically into it, helping individuals to understand really that their basis of all of their relationships and their love and their experience 
stems from our own look at ourselves, our self-image, the self-image that we view as ourselves. And so I'd like to start right there in terms of this discussion um, about what love really is and, and how we identify love as the self-image rather than the fantasy of love that we've always seen. Right, because uh, we are born looking for love because love is what we want most and we'll do anything to get it. And is it, isn't that amazing that we are not working, we are not hardworking so that we are miserable, we are unhappy, we are failure. And every, every time somebody is looking for love, they come across separation. What is the mystery? Why does it happen that way? Like everybody is looking for love and happiness and become unhappy in the process of getting there and even after getting it. So that is the secret that yogis discovered as to where, what is the source of love and how to discover the true love that lives within you. That does not mean you cannot be loving to others. Actually, if you know how to connect to the source of love, you, you will be loving no matter who you are with, where you go, or what you are doing, because you are everywhere. If you are loving, you are loving everybody. But when we are seeking love, we are seeking love from one person. That is the tragedy. And therefore, you cannot find it. You're very well known for bringing forward very clearly and very simply the answer. But you also bring people back to the question. So you typically begin with the question, give the answer, and then come back to the question so that the person has to go into their own self-inquiry. And you speak a lot about that in your methodology through the book, The Yoga of Relationships, because it all boils back down to us, whether it, whether it is a relationship outside of us or a problem that we're encountering. You're saying that it really always comes back to the self. Exactly. Why? Because um, the one, see, what most people do not know is that is part of every one of us that has separated from the source means the soul presence that I am is the soul and that is the truth, that is the reality, that is God, that is love within us. So that is why Christ said God is love because just as God is unifying presence and unifying experience, so is love. So Christ said God is love. And most people, when they seek love outside from the other, they expect to get the love from other. And you can expect as much as you can, but you cannot, you cannot get what you expect from the other because that's what happens when you seek for love from the other. So... But the only way to love other is to give, lo- give love. And if you are not connected to the source of love, there is no way you will give love. You will rather demand love, expect love to come from the other. So this is not like saying like you have to be enlightened to be in love. This shows how we fail to get the love that we choose to, we try to find from the other and we find instead conflict and separation. That doesn't happen to everyone uh, right away, but that's what happens eventually. And that is the difference 
in searching for love that comes that is non-exclusive that that non-exclusive lives within us you begin the book by talking about the mind being an extension of the body and that that this body is an animal being and that we are subjective to what this animal body uh, is feeling and sensing and yet you tell us that the mind is what lies to us and it lies to us more often than not but the body never lies can you talk a little bit about that yes <clears throat> see just like uh, human beings are born with the same instincts by which the animal kingdom lives so we have a animal body that functions by instinct so all over uh sympathetic parasympathetic nervous system autonomic nervous system is all operated by instinctive wisdom and that is cosmic wisdom but yogis say that instinct is not autonomic nervous system they realized thousands 6000 years ago that that is the that is the manifestation of polarity of consciousness and energy working through the subconscious polarity of sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous system this is not understood this is my own research and discovery and that 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 sympathetic is called adam and parasympathetic is called eve so god says to adam and eve which live in the live in the non mental animal body about to come into human stage god says do not choose the forbidden fruit of the tree of knowledge called good and evil so in other words the animal body cannot choose but when the from animal body the polarity of male and female are awakening god says do not choose the fruit but human beings are born choosing the fruit because that's what happens in the evolutionary journey of mankind so we are choosing the fruit and therefore by choice we are separating the innate polarity in which the entire creation functions in which our own body functions so that is that is the very central theme and so body has body is born with animal sex and that sex is natural and that is divine also because in yoga you use that same sexual energy to move upward where the the innate male and female of sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous system unite and function in harmony into self balancing self healing homeostatic processes and from that there is an internal union in yoga yogis call it ida and pingala nadi it moves into the sushumna and it moves toward the heart center which is the inner source of love so these yogis have found the real secret of not just save seek the kingdom of heaven within but actually showed you the way how it works biologically psychologically as well as spiritually and that is what i have described in the book in a more indirect way and you say it very clearly with one line you say pleasure nourishes 
but pleasure-seeking malnourishes. And so when you're saying pleasure nourishes, it means taking that union, that sexual energy, that oneness that you feel with another person, but bringing it back to the self so that all of that energy is channeled upward into the full experience of all of the energy centers and the beingness of the I am that we are. But if we are pleasure-seeking, then we are still projecting all of that outwardly to other people, and then it becomes that addiction that we keep seeking on the outside, and that is how we become malnourished of the I am presence. Is that how you are stating it? Simran Singh, you are fabulous because you describe so beautifully everything that I'm writing because somehow you, you have known this too, to be able to recognize the beauty of ancient yogis who recognize how, not, not just say that you're, you should love yourself like Christ said, love thy, love thy neighbor as thyself, but there is, how do you love yourself as a, as a core so that you are loving to anybody who becomes neighbor to you at any given moment? So that is not said, but yogis said all that in detail and that is what I'm bringing out in this book, how to be in a living, loving relationship by learning how to be in loving relationship with your own self. And, um, and I give, and I have written books and Amrit Yoga, Yoga Nidra, that even explains all those things further than also that I explain in the Yoga of Relationship book. What we were discussing was about going back to the simplicity of this book that lets us understand that until we wake up and we understand that we have taken experiences that we had as children and we place this blame on parents or experiences or things outside of ourselves and we created this self-image that projects that outwardly uh, and we need to really turn that back inside, only then can we begin to take responsibility and truly begin that path back to self-realization. Right. So, so how do you begin in terms of when a person really is caught in their story and they're wanting to put so much blame and shame on everything outside of them, what is the, right. the most integral piece of helping them understand that they have to turn back in? Mm-hmm. Yes. See, most people do not know that when they seek love from other and expect it to come from other, that sounds so normal. Like, that is, that's the way everybody is. That's the way the whole world is. There is hardly anybody thinks that the source of love is within you. Yeah, and you can be in a very loving relationship if you are in a giving of love. But when you are demanding, expecting the love to come from other, and when it doesn't come, you begin to demand it, actually love becomes the fear and creates the instead of unifying, it creates conflict. So that is the nature of love which you seek from the other or outside. So I really reveal that even as you try to get it from other, this doesn't mean you should be enlightened to fall in love. I'm not saying that. You can be in love as long as you know how many different ways people make a mess seeking love, they create more conflicts inside and outside with the other. So if you understand this, you can learn how to be in relationship and be happy and how to make it uh, relationship work 
more on a long-term, in-depth basis. That's what I explain by understanding these core principles that are so grossly ignored on a large scale. That is why relationships that we often for love becomes a misery. Persona, the Greek word for mask, is the face of our self-image. It is not who we really are. It is who we believe we are. It is the face we show to the world. The mask changes with each role we play, whether it is daughter or son, sister or brother, mother or father, friend, citizen, business person, or lover. On the stage of life, we change the mask with every relationship. We identify so closely with these concepts that we become them. This is from the book, The Yoga of Relationships, A Practical Guide for Loving Yourself and Others by Yogi Amrit Desai. Love with attachment confines you. Love without attachment sets you free. Relationships remain one of life's most mysterious and enticing phenomena. Although very few have fathomed its depths, the tools and techniques presented in the yoga of relationships are a blueprint to discovering what we long for most, to experience intimacy with others, and in the end, to reconnect with our true self. Using the Yoga Sutras of Pantajali as a guide, world-renowned yoga master Amrit Desai melds ancient wisdom and modern practicality, offering piercing insight into the nature of relationships as a roadmap to fulfillment. Included are core principles of basic life observations of yoga, guidelines for day-to-day living, and a meditation on healing relationships. I invite you to connect with Master Desai at amrityoga.org and we'll be right back with Yogi Amrit Desai and the Yoga of Relationships. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today, www.1111mag.com. 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You are listening to 1111 Talk Radio. If you'd like to join today's discussion, please call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5795. Again, 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to info at believesc.com. Now back to 1111 Talk Radio with Simran Singh. 
I invite you to check out the upcoming issues of 1111 Magazine, re-releasing January 2016, in addition to many online courses and my own books, Conversations with the Universe, Your Journey to Love, and Your Journey to Enlightenment. You can find out more about what I do at imsimran.com. Today, my guest is Yogi Amrit Desai, and we are discussing his beautiful, very rich, very in-depth book, The Yoga of Relationships. I invite you to visit his website, amrityoga.org and find out more about him, about the yoga trainings, and about his many books. Why do we fall in love? Because it's natural. It's inborn. As biological beings, sexual attraction is hardwired. Our animal body is pre-programmed to perpetuate the species. It is the ultimate law of attraction, the magnetic pull of negative and positive poles, yin and yang, animus and anima, shiva and shakti. We really have no choice on the biological level. As long as attraction remains at the purely sexual level, there is no problem. But as human beings, we have devised a complex system of mental constructions around what we call love. What we do have choice about is romanticizing the attraction rather than allowing love to truly blossom on many levels. From our perspective of how we think love should be, we open a Pandora's box of emotions, feelings, and ideas about our potential partner. This is where we all get stuck, not realizing we are sabotaging what we want most. This is from the book, The Yoga of Relationships. And welcome back, Yogi Desai. I want to dive into that part about the mass because many of us don't realize, or, or maybe we do, that when we first meet a new partner or are in any type of new relationship, generally both sides are wearing masks 24-7. And what we are seeing is really what we want the other person to see that's the best in us. But what we don't realize is, although we're seeing what's the best in us, we will later come to see what's the worst in us through that very relationship. Talk a little bit about these masks and why we do that. Right. Most people, the, the people who, who, have, who have adopted a mask, which is to, to interact with the life situations, we have created a separate self-image that lives in separation from the source of oneness that we are. And that is called mask because it is operated by the ego mind out of the memories of all the old experiences we had of success and failure, of ecstasies and agonies in the past. So the mind, the separated self, operates from all the experiences we have had, but they were, we didn't have the real experiences of loving experiences with our parents or with our wife or children. We had the experiences of seeking love from the other or outside and expecting it to come. And when it doesn't come, obviously we hold them responsible for not giving. But why didn't we get it? And who was asking for it? Our expectation was asking for it. And expectation came from the separated self-image, which is the mask, that, that lives in separation from the source within. So when two people meet, they are looking, they are separated from the source of love within now, and they are feeling so lonely, self-rejecting, self guilty, but we never say that I'm self-rejecting guilty. But that shows up when you ask for love and acceptance, approval, recognition from the other, 
what you are saying is, I am not accepting myself when I'm angry, when I'm fearful, when I'm frustrated, when I hate myself. I can't accept myself. I want to get married to you. Please accept me when I reject myself. I love you. <laughs> that is how most people, but they do not know that's what they are doing because self-acceptance is, so, is missing in the love we seek. So, that's so powerful. One of my favorite lines that are in your book is, when we enter a relationship, the other person is destined to straighten us out. I think that's such a powerful statement. And it leads into your next chapter, which is about love being an addiction. And I don't think many people would realize that for most people, if they don't have that self-acceptance, that love really is basically an addiction. Talk about the dependency that comes from low self-esteem. So low self-esteem means I have not yet learned to accept myself as I am. Most people do not even know that that's a doorway to freedom from the past. Past traumas and hurts we have had in intimate loving relationship. So we, we resist that. So when you, when you begin to accept what, whatever your past was, it, begins, it opens the door to being in the, in the present. Because the past, when you accept, then only you can be in the present. Because if your past, which was traumas you had experienced in any of the relationships with your children, parents, husband, wife, all those memories, they do not allow you to be present. And in order to enter the present moment, which is love, you, are, you accept yourself. And then accept by that opens the door to, self, to the self from self-acceptance of who we are not, when we accept that, the true love that we are, doorway opens up. So this is what is not understood. And this is what Christ means, unless, you know, love, your, love thy neighbor as thyself. He's saying that you have to learn first to accept and approve of everything that you are now rejecting in yourself. So the self-image is created the separated self and it is rejecting the same self it has created. So most people try to solve the relationship problem by the same ego mind that created the problem. The core principle is you cannot solve the problem by the same ego mind that created it, which is relationship problems. So that is why in the yoga of relationship, I show how to go beyond the ego mind to solve the problem of ego mind. A lot of people, if you were to ask them if they accepted themselves, most people probably would say, oh, I accept myself, I love myself. There may not be an awareness that there is even any doubt in that. But what you're saying is the mirror or the gauge to see the degree of self-acceptance and self-love is actually the relationship and that it's not the relationship that needs to be fixed, but it is the individual that needs to become more self-aware. Right, because self-acceptance, that is how it works. For example, I'm angry, I get frustrated so often, but I cannot accept. But if I get married, I expect my wife 
or to or my husband to accept me that's what we call love how strange that is and that's what shows that you are not able to accept your own anger your own fear your own frustration but asking your wife or children to accept you <laughs> that is that means you are not accepting yourself that is the meaning and that is so obvious but people because most we live in a collective unconscious so much so that we are under group hypnosis we cannot see such obvious things that's what i bring out in the yoga of relationship which is very different way of looking at life so first it may look strange because it is different and but it is true and if you read it you can see the truth of it even though it is not so popular or uh, recognized publicly and you talk about exclusive love and how that becomes possessive and then ends up in control can you speak yes. a little bit more in depth about exclusive love and how it results in those areas or how it results in insecurity see there is in the in the in the world of in the world when people are seeking loving relationship they are seeking from other when you seek from other it is always exclusive love relationship what does what that means is i'm trying to find this love that i cannot find in myself from this one person so how does it begin i want to be i want to appear to be very loving so i am loved so the man puts the mask of loving conversation not resisting anything that other person has not changing try to change their habits not to criticize them not to judge them all this adapted so that person whom we are attracted will love us so both sides play that game they adapt the behavior of love by accepting other so that's again the principle i'm talking about you appear to be accepting by adapting temporary behavior for the exclusive love but you cannot be that way to everybody else that is the meaning of exclusive love it's just a pretense of love there is no real love we move on in the book uh, yogi decide talking about prosperity being our birthright you write that abundance is as basic as our own body and then you go into the breath and you talk about science calling the breath of prana an involuntary system but yoga calls it an intelligent system how do we use the breath to create more abundance and more presence in our body so that we have more balanced relationships right because see breath in the in the christian tradition is called the holy spirit in bible it is said that a god good lord breathed the breath and man came alive from dust something like this so that means the breath yogis knew that breath that a direct extension of god's breath so what i have really understood from the western scripture because if you practice yoga you know the truth behind all the teachings of all different religions so i really recognize that the god is the god the father and when it enters each human being through the medium of breath which is subconscious and it becomes in the body subconscious polarity of male and female 
sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous system. And in the, in the Bible story, it is called, I don't know whether in the Western scripture, it is said Adam and Eve. So all these things that are happening at the level of the body, when the ego mind dominates the subconscious, it takes over the energy from the I am, the soul, that dominates the sympathetic nervous system, ego mind takes over. And ego mind then, then runs, uses the energy to, to use it as its own creative force. So before, in the body, it was the creation of consciousness and energy. Now, when we identify with ego mind, it becomes the ego mind and energy at its disposal. So that is why once the breath is used as a powerful medium in the practice of yoga to create, the, to change the reactive perception of reality. So that is when you can change your, uh, from ego mind dominating sympathetic nervous system to the, to the, to the consciousness dominating the system. So when you do that, you just simply, um, when you do that, you just simply create a shift. Your all your creative imagination, your intuition, all the energetic blocks of fear and attachments are removed, and you just simply go into the into the whole new dimension. That is what I call prosperity consciousness. You move into a chapter on self-awareness, and you write, self-improvement without self-awareness is self-torture. And then you later write, self-observation is a 360-degree operation. I think many people think that if they're doing self-improvement, that they are improving their lives. What is the distinction between self-improvement, self-awareness, and self-observation? That's a very important question. Self-improvement is like when you get married, when you, uh, when you want to get married, when you are attracted to somebody, you may go through self-improvement, which is modification rather than transformation. So you can modify your behavior that, and in order to pose yourself differently to the other person. Self-improvement is also superficial because you are still within the realm of ego mind trying to improve your health. Let's say you improve your health, but then where, where the health problems are created requires transformation. So that is an, happening at an unconscious level where we live in a perpetual conflict with our loved ones, with family, with work life, and we are making improvement about changing our, changing our uh, diet, eating more vegetarian food, uh, dropping some of the non-vegetarian food, but that is called improvement, that's called modification. But the transformation happens, which I teach in yoga, when you go at the very core level where it lives in separation from the source, where the self-concepts, the mask that has separated from the self that we are. And that is where transformation happens. So I have developed yoga nidra techniques where people drop into the zero stress yoga zone 
And when they drop there, they can create, they can drop in some of the integrative intentions, prayers, affirmations. And from there, because they are in the domain of the divine grace, their prayers are answered. And people see miraculous changes in their life that they cannot change by just changing the superficial um, modifications and superficial behavior. Self-discovery is possible only through paying close attention and becoming deeply aware of what we are experiencing without distortion. Relationships that work are based on our inner process more than the dynamics between lovers. If we use the external relationship as a vehicle to transform our internal connection with ourselves, everything will transform. Only then is there possibility for true intimacy and closeness with the other. My guest today is Yogi Amrit Desai, and he has written the book, The Yoga of Relationships, a practical guide for loving yourself and others. The Yoga Sutras teach you how your relationship with yourself is at the core of everything, everyone, and every situation you encounter. In this groundbreaking book on relationships, world-renowned yoga master Yogi Amrit Desai melts ancient wisdom with modern practicality, and he offers a piercing insight into the nature of relationships, then shows how they can be the path to spirituality and worldly fulfillment. What Yogi Desai teaches is not just a philosophy, but a system that transforms the philosophy of yoga into an experiential reality that transforms body, mind, heart, and soul. You can find out more about him at amrityoga.org. That's A-M-R-I-T-Y-O-G-A.org. The book, again, is The Yoga of Relationships, A Practical Guide for Loving Yourself and Others. We'll be right back after these messages with Yogi Amrit Desai. The Seventh Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. Ask Theo Live is talk radio like you've never heard before. Following her near-death experience, world-renowned author and spiritual medium Sheila Gillette became the direct voice channel for Theo, a consortium of 12 archangels. Through this unique channel, Sheila and her co-host Marcus Gillette present you with an opportunity to speak directly with Theo live on air on any topic you wish to discuss, including receiving authentic messages from deceased loved ones and angelic guides. Get the answer you need by tuning in to Ask Theo Live Talk Radio. Tuesday mornings at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today, www.1111mag.com. 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com.
This is the 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. You are listening to 1111 Talk Radio. If you'd like to join today's discussion, please call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5795. Again, 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to info at believesc.com. Now back to 1111 Talk Radio with Simran Singh. Relationship remains life's most mysterious and most enticing phenomena. Although very few have fathomed its depths, the tools and techniques presented in the yoga of relationships are a blueprint to exploring what we long for the most, to experience intimacy with others, and in the end, reconnect with our true self. Relationships seem so complex because we believe we are dealing with people who are very different from us until we recognize that the real complexity comes from having to deal with ourselves, we have little chance of creating a meaningful and lasting relationship with the other. This is from the book, The Yoga of Relationships, and I urge you to connect to Yogi Amrit Desai. You can go to his website, which is amrityoga.org, and find out more about his yoga programs, training along with his other books and all of the work that he's doing throughout the world. Yogi Desai, one of the greatest breakdowns between people tends to be in communication, uh, a lack of attunement with the words spoken, and and even more so the tone in which people speak to each other. A lot of people don't realize that sound and tone has as much effect, if not more, than the words themselves. Talk a little bit about clear communication. What... Most people do not realize that when they meet somebody, they are not really meeting the other person. What other person simply triggers their memory that of the somewhere in the past. So they, they, that person is just like a reminder of something that happened them to them in the past. So what they are looking through is their reactive perception of the person. So they're not really looking at the person, they're not meeting the person, they're meeting the impressions of similar persons they had met and what had happened in their relationship in the past. So this is just completely miscommunication. So most people, so that is why my whole book that I'm still writing on another book on I Am Yoga, Integrative Amrit Method of Yoga, and I'm explaining how People, whatever mind sees, is, is not what is there. So that is why what I say is that every one of us had the past history and a story of everything that we experienced when we encountered the intimate relationship with work or life or family and all the relationships. So all such experiences were not of the experiences of reality as it happened, but they were the experiences of how I reactively converted and, and pro- processed it into my own body and my memory. So this is why uh, there is nothing that my mind sees is what as it is. So that is why psychologists say that almost 99% of every thinking is repetition of thinking because the reactive thinking is repeated thinking. Therefore, 
Why? Because reactive thinking is coming from the past, but looking at the present and looking through the past, the present cannot be visible as it is. This is what Christ said to the large crowd one time when he was speaking. He said, if you have eyes, see, if you have ears, hear. So he wasn't talking to blind and deaf people. He was talking to the people who were looking at things through their reactive perceiver, their mask that was masking them from the reality within and reality outside. But, you know, when people are in a relationship and it's difficult, oftentimes they can find it challenging to be grateful. That's the place where the mind doesn't want to even go to gratitude. But you speak about the essence of Santosha, the second niyama, which is the contentment with everything as it is, no matter what we think about it. How do we move from that place of reaction uh, which, or expectation, which you call silent reaction, to a place of grace where we're living in satisfaction of everything around us? So for that, to, to answer that question, most people cannot enter from ego mind into domain of grace and divinity, basically, because they believe in their reaction, their reactive perception of the other person they believe it to be true. And as soon as they believe it to be true, they begin to create, and in their body, they begin to create chemical changes that are toxic because those reactively perceived changes in the body are toxic changes. And therefore, they become so victim of what they created about other person that begins to live in the body of the person who creates it about the other. So most people, they are always engaged in reactive perception of everything that they see. So this yoga is just really helping people to see that what your, everything that your mind says is not really true. And then we, we, we recognize that after we come back from rage or anger, when we are angry, we see something so different, and when we, are, when we come out of it, we say, oh my God, who was talking that? I don't think it was me. So that means when we are engaged by personal addiction to the people, places, or things, or fear of it, we lose ability to see the reality that it is. So my whole book is about how to see the reality that, that means how to enter the beginner's mind. And that means if you change yourself, the whole world changes with you. The social worker consciousness says, change one person at a time. Change your parents so they become nice citizens. Change your loved ones so they become nice to live with. Change your workplace so it's a better place to work with. This is changing yourself. So that is what Mahatma Gandhi meant when he said, be the change you seek in the world. That's what Mahatma Gandhi said. So this is the spiritual yoga of relationship is based upon the same core principle. Be the change you seek in the world or be the change you seek in the other. So consciousness is achieved by entering that place of the witness. And when we are being the change, 
we wish to seek in the world, and you, you use that statement of Gandhi, then it means really witnessing ourselves enough to know what internal changes we make. But does that mean that there are no external actions, or does it mean we wait to receive an inspired action to take? So then there is an external action, but it is purely with meditation. Meditation means witnessing the changes in thoughts and emotions. That's what meditation is about, not believing in it. So when you witness your thoughts, you come to a more calmness. Now you can see others as they are. Now you become more objective about them rather than so engaged by your own fears and attachments. So it gives you the insight into the reality of, of, of that solves the problem. So most people do not know that the other people are wrong and they should solve your problem. No, your, your perceiver is seeing unreality outside and creating problems and trying to solve it outside. That is why most people do not know the secret of how to be in a loving relationship. Where That is why I say, instead of asking for love, be loving. Instead of asking for acceptance, be accepting. Instead of seeking approval from others, give the approving a connection to, to the intimacy relationship. So is that how we make love our yoga? Yoga means yoking or the bringing together in union with. Is that right. the method of truly being in love? That giving right. that which we seek. And that is why you can be in a soulmate relationship if you are, are connected to each other so that the other will show you what you are running from. And then the relationship will be soulmate. Why? Because each one is using the relationship with other, not asking for love to compensate for your own separation, rather than giving love to yourself with other. So that is why what I say, if you don't want psychological treatment, psychology and, and the counseling from other, if you want to change yourself, get married, and you will get, you will get to see everything you are running from that psychologists will not be able to show you, but your wife or husband will. <laughs> That's free therapy, that is my, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> that is my indirect business, because everything you are running from, when you enter in the intimate relationship, the other will disclose it. And that is why it is very hard to enter into true love with opposite sex because they do not know that, but that is what will happen in intimate relationship. All your insecurities, your, all your fears, all your addictions, all your self-guilt, everything would be revealed in intimate relationship with the other because that other, if you honor that, then you will be entering into intimate relationship with the source of love within. That's how it works. And so you speak a lot about the yamas and the yamas and the keys to relationship. You talk about five keys to relationship. Can you go into a couple of those as we are finishing out the show? So one of the keys is the nonviolence. 
most people, when they enter into relationship, they, they enter into self-violation because they are adapting behavior to, to make other person love them. That means self-violence. And when they expect the love from, to come from other, and after a, after a few months or a few years, when the love doesn't come, acceptance doesn't come from the other, you begin to blame other and be violent with them. When you demand love, that is violence. So that is called violence. And another one is called truth. So truth is who you are. Truth is what love is within you. So when you, when you seek it from the other, you miss it because you are the truth. You are the love. You are the God in, within. I want to thank you, Yogi Desai, for being on 1111 Talk Radio and for this beautiful book that you have created for people, The Yoga of Relationships, A Practical Guide for Loving Yourself and Others. Definitely connect with him at amrityoga.org. That's A-M-R-I-T-Y-O-G-A dot org. Freedom is not a matter of escaping from reality. We do not eliminate our fears and weaknesses by refusing to experience them. Just the opposite. Through avoidance, we reinforce them. They continue to live in the darkness of the unconscious and influence everything we do. They even convince us to create our lives in such a way that we don't ever have to encounter them directly. But when we manipulate our world just so we can avoid facing the parts of us we don't like, we do ourselves a great disservice. We allow fear to keep us imprisoned within the limits of our defensive mental habits, eliminating the possibility for self-discovery. Using the Yoga Sutras of Pantajali as a guide, world-renowned yoga master Amrita Sai melds ancient wisdom and modern practicality, offering piercing insight into the nature of relationships as a roadmap to fulfillment. Included are the core principles of the basic life observances of yoga, guidelines for daily living, and a meditation on healing relationships. Definitely connect to yoga, um, Yogi Amrita Sai. Next week, my guest is Nicole Henderson, and we are going to be speaking about On Sacred Time learning about remote viewing and the ability to move beyond time, beyond your bounty, and into a place of boundlessness, timelessness, and expansion. Enjoy your holidays. Have a beautiful and wonderful holiday week. Until next time, I am Simran, in love, of love, with love, and as love. Be well. By the way, this book has won two Thank you for stepping into the doorway of Conscious Choice with 1111 Talk Radio. Please join host Simran Singh again next Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time for another enlightening edition here on the 7th Wave Network. Remember, shift happens. Join Voice America as we broadcast live from the CEO Space Floor on Saturday, December 19th, starting at 5.30 Eastern, 2.30 Pacific. The Voice America Live Events team will be there, along with Ken Roshan of the Umbrella Syndicate and host of Amplified Radio on the Voice America Business Channel. Don't miss the action. We'll be live at voiceamerica.com forward slash live events, Saturday, December 